How's everyone? Kirsten, good to see you. Good to see you. I'm not looking at your face right now, but I imagine when I see you, I'll feel good feelings about it. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> hey, Paul, what about arts fitness, hey? I don't know. Let's take your shirt off. Let's get a look. Mm, shirt? Oh. <laughs> what are you talking about? Fitness? Kirsten says you're in good shape. I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. You're feeling firmer? I'm not feeling as soft. That's good. I know you were concerned about soft before. That was my only thing. You know, sometimes you just feel soft, and I just like, I don't feel soft. Sure. I don't like any of those adjectives. I feel firmed. Oh. Firm. Firm. Soft. Yeah. Let's be firm. I get it. Aww. Hard out. Let's firm out. Let's, let's, firm out. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's get this firm out. <laughs> Good. Who's okay. hosting? Uh, I'm not. Shoddy not. Shoddy not. But I'll start hosting. No, it's got to be one of you. It can't be me because then I'll just it'll be nothing but me talking. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, we'll bullshit our way through this. Today on the Geek Out Podcast, Bud's not here, so nobody wrote anything good for us to say in this intro part. <laughs> Star Wars Ahsoka gets a trailer and a release date. We review and recommendation. Spider-Man across the spider And more importantly, I review and recommendation The Little Mermaid. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a geek. The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast. This is episode 243. We record this on Wednesday, June the 7th, 2023. Or, oh wait, that's not correct. 2023. My name is uh, DJ Boy Tano, uh, RIP Webmeister Bud this week. So this is going to be chaotic. Um, I do the uh, weekday wind down in the evenings and the mixtape in the afternoon zone. I am Art Aronson, retired broadcaster. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Fitness freak now. Fitness freak now. Get the fuck out. <laughs> Firm. <laughs> Firm. Not soft. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh huh. That's it. That's all? That's all. Okay. Firm Firm but fair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, Paul Placino, host of the Afternoon Zone. Uh, Let's say soft but sultry. How's that? that? Whoa. Okay. I'm I'm not fair, that's for sure, but I am sultry. Okay. I don't know if that was one of the options on the table, but all right. I'm just cursing. I'm just cursing James. Um, what do it you sounds want- to me like Brian is hosting this podcast. By the way, by that that intro there, that sounded a lot like Brian taking up the mantle, the gauntlet, the sword, is, whatever it is. This is nobody picking up the mantle and being like, "Ah, oh, fuck, we got to get through this. Let's just do it." <laughs> That's the le- the leadership quality in you, Brian. That's right. It's like uh, if nobody okay. does anything, you have to step in. Mhm. Very Captain America. It is. Well, there is no Buzz Weekly Geek Out unless this is my first fuck up as the host because I don't remember seeing something well, you know what might be a fun opportunity to uh, take for the weekly geek out there is he is going to do a talk all about the Apple's worldwide development conference where they released and announced 
the Apple Vision Plus, which I feel like we should right. just go around the horn here and all do a joke about Apple Vision Plus. I mean, you've seen it by now, very likely. It's been one of the biggest stories in the world. Apple put out this friggin' uh, ski goggles, $3,500 ski goggles that just beams your dumb same stupid apps you've got on every other goddamn device and screen in your life right in your eyeballs. And that's what it does. And then, and like, there's there's a bunch of different features. I did do a little bit of a deep dive on this thing because when I first saw it, I was like, how? Absolutely stupid. But I've seen some tech reviewers get their hands on it and talk about the potential here and whatever. But so there's, there is something to this thing, I think. It's interesting that this has been released. Will this be Apple's first flop? I don't know. Uh, let's go around here. What does everyone think? Kirsten, you're an Apple fan as well as I am. What do you reckon about Vision Pro? Oh, okay. You called it the right thing that time. I was going to reckon that you were just adding plus to it because everything else is a plus and it's actually Vision Pro. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This wasn't the this wasn't the Apple announcement that I glommed onto because I think it's like I saw it and I saw the price point and I was like, not for me, <laughs> goodbye. And so I haven't cared to know anything more about it. I just assumed it was AR. I thought I thought this was Apple getting into augmented reality it like is. everybody else, but yeah. it's not. It's just apps. Well, it is and it isn't. Like it beams the apps, your FaceTime, your whatever you're working on and whatever. It just beams that. It, so it it seems like it's in the room with you. Okay. So so yes, it is augmented reality in a weird way. Yeah, yeah it's AR. What? It's AR. It is. That's yeah. what AR is. It's not VR. Did you think it meant virtual reality? No, no AR. That's what I called it augmented. Yeah, AR, but that's weird though. That's I don't. <sighs> okay, Apple. No, I think they look cool, though. Everyone's making fun of them because, they, yeah, they look like ski goggles. But, I mean, I think they look kind of, like, sleek. You think, you think they look <laughs> cool? Yeah, I think they look cool. I mean, it's hard when you're trying to design a futuristic thing that you've never seen before, right? If you go back and look at the first iPhone, that thing looks like trash. But, like, I don't know. I think this thing looks cool. Brian's making that face again. What do you think, Brian, about the AR goggles here? He's not an Apple guy. Can yeah, you still have an take it snorkeling? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it. That's what it looks like. Uh, art. Like it looks like they've taken just to describe it. It looks like they've taken every other VR headset, but instead of like the the white in front of your eyes because you're looking at the VR, it's it's actual goggles. It's a lens that you can see through so people can see your eyes. Yeah. And I think that's what's bumping people because you've seen people wear virtual reality goggles, which look weird. But these are weird because you can like see the person do it. Like there's like a moment of hubris of like, I can see you, you idiot. Yeah, well, And I think that's what's bumping people. Do you want to know what's really crazy about that too is that it's not like you just can see through the goggles and see the person's eyes. There's actually cameras on the inside of these things that are in real time streaming video of your eyeballs to the outside of, that's why this thing's so expensive, Hmm. is that there's What? It's not only like beaming stuff or screens or whatever right into your eyes. There's also a screen on the outside just so you can put it in what's been called Buscemi mode and you get this like, (laughs) okay, these close up video of your eyes on projecting on the outside of the goggles. 
so that it feels, I guess, to people who are in the room with you, like you're not just trapped in a virtual reality, like you're there present with them still, because for the most part, you will be seeing out into the room that you're in. There just will be things floating there for you as well. Mm. I'm always curious about things that Apple have come up with lately because I, it, I think I thought for me it like really started with the well not start but it continued to the next level outpricing you know people like me mm-hmm. those headphones that they had <laughs> yeah. the wireless headphones I don't know how much those things cost but they were way way too expensive yeah and yet they sold it's because people want the latest and greatest and there's enough people out there with money to buy the latest and greatest uh this is taking it to a whole nother level and apple trying to set the market i think on something that isn't quite popular yet but will be i think um bud made a really good point i think in his notes that this is just the first one uh, this is the one that's come out here for like developers, and so that's likely who's going to get. It. You're going to get some early adopters who just have to have it, yeah, yeah, as well, right? Who have the money to spend and just want to play with this thing. It's just a big expensive toy. I mean, they're that's they're it marketing is. it as a new type of computer. That there's so much computing power in the goggles themselves that this is what you'll do now for a more immersive experience rather than sitting and looking at a screen on your desk. Mm. That'll have the power to do that. You'll be able to control things in that way. You'll be able to watch things and listen to music and all the rest of it. But but for the most part, it's going to be developers who buy it at this price point, develop apps okay. for it, and then likely down the road, this is Bud's point, I think, was they'll put out versions that are, that are le- yeah, 1500 bucks or whatever it is. They'll call it the Normie or the Light, or they'll take the Pro off the end of the name, and then general consumers like you and I will buy it, and maybe they won't have Buscemi eyes on the outside. Yeah, I'm That's too, still too expensive, though. Like, if you think about a virtual reality headset right now, like an Oculus with the hand controllers and things, that's like 400 bucks. Like, that's reasonable. And there's, it's not like, okay, th- this is like 4K or something, right? That's the other big deal. It's mm-hmm, 4K. Mm-hmm. And, like, the other virtual reality stuff is maybe still 1080. Um, but, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm with you, Art, that they're pricing people like us out and it's just going to push other developers or other hardware developers to make things more expensive because they're going to try to catch up and there's not going to be any you know not that $400 is inexpensive but it's not there's not going to be any of that left yeah. it's all going to be expensive and then suddenly we're paying whatever stupid price $1300 for a phone every 2 years like Come on. Which Come is ridiculous on. when you think about it, for sure. Well, so. yeah, that's what Apple's done. They've they've turned themselves into this the high-end electronic stuff, and they're not afraid to price stuff at that. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but yeah. No, you're right. It's those, those, those earphones came out priced whatever wild price they're at. I don't even think about it. I wouldn't ask for it as a gift. I don't want it at all, you know? But they and, sell. People but buy people them. Do, but people buy Beats by Dre at the same time, and they're also, I think, exorbitantly expensive. Um, so there is a market, weirdly, and especially for new cutting-edge stuff like this, I feel like it's the people with the money who got to have it that are willing to pay this $3,500 price point. Uh, one really neat thing that I didn't realize when I was watching, actually, is do you know how you control it? Because you mentioned cursing the Oculus, and it has hands controls this one doesn't have anything mm-hmm. so it's like you look at stuff it and it it's so wild this thing is, has so many cameras and sensors on it that it knows where your eye is looking and then you like pinch your hands together you make a little pinch motion with your thumb and forefinger there 
and that's how you select things. You just start sitting there just going pinch, 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 pinch. And that's how you work stuff on this thing. It's wild. Well, this is like what, this is what like Iron Man has like when he's doing stuff, but does Iron Man wear glasses or does uh, stuff just come up? Does he put on glasses so that he can do pinching things? Yeah, I feel like he's... Or do the things just come up? Depending on where he is. If he's in his lab, then he doesn't need to wear anything. It just kind of comes up in front of him. Uh-huh. But he oh, also see? has those glasses. But yeah. do you pinch? Do you just make a pinch motion anywhere? Or do you got to do it in front of your eyes? No, anywhere. It just it uh, knows where your hand's at. It just sees I feel it like happening. I might accidentally pinch. So I was like, oh, sorry, sir. <laughs> I didn't mean to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, um, none of us, I feel like, but maybe Bud might get his hands on some Vision Pro from Apple. I doubt it. But uh, I just think neat. it's a missed opportunity to make it look like Cyclops visors. Mm. I might have worn it then. Well, maybe Ooh. there'll be like a skin or something you can put on it, like a like a case <laughs> for your phone. <laughs> And then I'll just walk around mm-hmm. going, Optic Blast! <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I never will buy one of these. I'm not really interested in VR or, for the most part, AR either. Every time they announce like an AR feature for the phone, I'm always just like, I don't care. That seems novelty and kind of silly and who cares mm-hmm. to me. But, but I'll tell you what. If a friend, if I went over to a friend's house and they're sitting in their den was a set of Apple Vision Pro, I'd be like, can I take that for a spin? Hmm. And then I'd be like, Apple Vision, pornography. (laughs) (laughs) And then you could pinch the things in front of you. It'd be great. Oh, Kirsten. Paul, when's your heart out? An hour from now? Yeah. Let's get the shit going then. (laughs) Um, Okay, coming soon. Black Mirror Season 6 is coming June 15th on Netflix. There was a trailer that was released, I believe, last week. And, uh, wow. It, it, uh, it's about time. It's funny because Black Mirror took a bit of a break during the pandemic because everyone, they were, the producers were like, you guys are living this shit. We don't, we don't need Black Mirror. It's so depressing right now. Um, three years later, it's like, yeah, let's, let's get another Black Mirror in us. Yeah, it's like it's still depressing out there, but we're depressed now and we need money, so we're gonna release this Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because the thing that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. uh, Did you see the thing that apparently they got like um, what's that stupid AI? They got it to write uh, an episode. Oh, and it was but apparently apparently at the time it was so bad that they, as far as I know, they didn't use it but they tried and i wonder if like that would have been the twist like at the end like and an ai wrote this whole episode (laughs) you have no job or something i don't know um but i saw i saw that today and i was like that's interesting i got a friend who says that who listens to the pod says we rail on ai too much guys is your friend (laughs) A computer. <laughs> no, he just. I think he just loves. He loves AI. He uses it for all sorts of stuff when he's writing, and just loves it. Apparently, I was like, oh, okay. I have a. Job I don't rail on AI. I don't think. I think that like Bud and Paul yeah. specifically are just like heeding the warnings of the smart computer people who are like, we need to chill this the fuck out. Mm-hmm. I am like, I don't know. But the smart computer people say that AI needs to chill the fuck out. Right. 
I don't use it either, so I don't quite understand it. Um, but anyways, is that, is that what Black Mirror is about? It's not. We just brought that up, right? It's not. It's just, <laughs> but there was, so that was that a confirmed thing? Like, oh, wait, no. That What were you saying with, with writing an episode? Yeah, so yeah. so one of the producers they or whoever, they got it to write an episode. Like, that was the idea of mm-hmm. it. And uh, they just they couldn't make it work because they said it was so bad. Um, right. But I don't know. Maybe that's a red herring and there will be an AI written episode. Where we left off with Black Mirror. Ryan, do you remember? Season five. She said just yeah, because well, that's a f- Bandersnatch, probably wasn't that the last oh, thing that Black Mirror right. put out? Choose your own adventure. I feel like I thought that season five came out after Bandersnatch, but I oh, could be yeah. totally wrong. Um, but like that's season the thing with Black Mirror; it doesn't matter, right? Doesn't matter. Like they're not. No. What's that word I'm looking for? They're not continuous. You can watch them any episode, any order, whatever. They're it anthology. doesn't matter. Yeah. Anthology. Anthology. Thank you. I do recall because um, yeah, I watch it. Uh, I, there are some episodes. I, I think I explained this before. It's like I don't think I. I ended up like just picking and choosing based on like, okay, does this one look like an episode? I'm not going to be horribly disturbed by. No, okay, maybe I'll watch this one. <laughs> um, because uh, of yeah, that so very was, first episode. It was Bandersnatch, and then season five, right, and now okay. it's been f- four years, almost to the day. Um, since the last season it's been four years hmm. four years wow jeez that time just <laughs> pandemic but yeah good lead in with this season with the the annie murphy uh episode that one's gonna that one looks pretty good yeah i haven't seen any of the previews or anything um so i didn't even know annie murphy was going to be in the one that'll be cool yeah it, it, that one looks very interesting Okay, moving on to uh, Jack Ryan, the final season. A trailer came out for the final season, which will be premiering on June 30th on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, I've only seen season one, which I thought was pretty good, and then never kind of got back into it. I saw season one, and then I think a few episodes of season two, and I kind of just tailed off. All Uh, the reviews weren't good for season Mm -hmm. two, but I heard season three was like a return to form. <laughs> this was still yeah, Krasinski here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Krasinski, yeah. yeah. The first season was so good that it actually changed my mind about him being looked at something other than Jim from The Office. Right, Albert. like he could pull off yeah. action. Yeah, he could pull off anything. He could pull off that, yeah. And, you know, of course, Quiet Place and everything is great, too. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, the first season was so good. But, yeah, I never really got into the second season. So I think it's on my list to get back. I'm, I find those uh, Amazon Prime shows pretty hit and miss. The Jack Ryan's, mm-hmm. the, yeah, those, those shows, type of shows. But, you yeah. know. All right. We also had another trailer for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Mi- uh, Mutant Mayhem, which is in theaters August 2nd. And uh, this one, I think the one thing that we picked out was, like, it looks fine. It looks it looks like a fun movie. Um, I, I tried not to let it bump me, but the Jackie Chan voice bumped me. I know. I know. Me too. I mean, we, yeah. we went over this, and, like, I know there's the whole, like, it's. I, I don't think it's like the Little Mermaid argument where it's like... What you know, you can't be mad at a black Ariel, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And because he's a rat, and rats don't necessarily have nationalities. <laughs> rats have, I guess, if it's a rat that came up in Japan and learned the ways of the ninja, a rat could have culture, which is weird that he has a very obvious Chinese accent. Um, 
I yeah. love your brain just trying to wrap around this argument. Like, I don't disagree, but it's just I funny know. hearing you. Well, I was just like, because I've, I've had this, I had this conversation with myself. I was like, should I be mad at this? Should I, should this bump me? Really? Like, is this, is this the worst thing in the world? And I was like, I don't know. Kind of, it, and it, so I said this in the, in the Slack conversations. This kind of reminds me of the time that Will Smith produced a movie with his son about moving to China and meeting Jackie Chan and learning the art of Kung Fu and calling the movie The Karate Kid. <laughs> Sounds like... Uh, mm-hmm. ooh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Something's not right. Uh, I know. Uh, can I just, just say... that, but the, the movie looks fine. The movie looks so much fun. It looks like yeah. so much fun. It's, you know, like it is, is, it looks like it really captures kind of not the original spirit of the old kind of black and white cartoons or anything, but it just kind of ima- reimagines the Ninja Turtles in a way that makes sense to me, that they're actually teenagers goofing around, being funny, you know, in a way that hasn't really been done in a long time. The animation mm-hmm. looks good, too. The animation looks phenomenal. Yeah. But I agree, Brian, there's that one, and maybe it's because I'm, you know, I'm less more of the culture of the race versus whatever. I just, I, I see Splinter and I hear the cartoon show's voice uh, from my, when I was growing up, and then in the movies, the live action movies, he sounded very similar. Maybe it was the same even vo- voice actor, I don't know. But, and then when you, ex- when you see Splinter and you expect that voice to come out, and then instead comes what I think is Jackie Chan's very recognizable voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. It's no good. It bumps, at the very least. It bumps. Okay, moving on. We have a trailer for, and just like that, season two, June 22nd on Max. Uh, I mean, I wasn't really that interested, but then like, holy crap, was I being serviced all these articles uh, about the fact that Kim Cattrall reportedly filmed a secret cameo in the season two finale of this, which uh, is significant because of the fact that her and Sarah Jessica Parker have been publicly feuding for years. Oh, boy. To the point where uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, I believe when Kim Cattrall's sister died, Sarah Jessica Parker paid tribute to her on like Twitter or Instagram. And the first comment was Kim Cattrall saying something like, you know, your toxic state of like away from my family kind of wow thing. yeah um so yeah they've had a very public feud going on but apparently yeah kim control is gonna be in like she filmed some sort of secret cameo she's gonna appear in this this season of the show hmm. yeah they like capacity. and does sarah jessica parker know this like obviously she knows this now because <laughs> i'm sure she's been service this and she's like what but are they in the scene together? Do we know anything about this? Or? Apparently they're not. Yeah, well, well, apparently the characters are talking to each other on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if they made them film the scene and they didn't know? They were like, we're just going to trick them. These are your lines. We don't know who you're talking to. Um, and, and yeah, fuck. Oh, yeah. I feel like you just you would know. <laughs> is is just like it, this or whatever this is called? Is yeah. is, is this a season of the show or is it a movie? It's a second season, a season of the sh- of a second show. Season. Yeah. Because this so was basically, was, and just like that was like the Sex in, Sex in the City revival series. Oh. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and so the other thing too, yeah, season one of this, when it came out, Kim Cattrall wasn't asked to be part of it and she found out 
when it, a trailer was posted to social media of season one. She found out about the show. I think they've done Lieutenant Valeris dirty on this. Okay, Kim, Cattr- I'm a big Cottrell stan. She's yeah. a Canadian icon. She was the only member of Sex and the City who was ever in a Star Trek movie. So that's all I care about. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that. It's too bad. She was the highlight of that show, as far as I understand. I don't know. I've never seen a single episode. Yeah, me either. I, I never <laughs> got into it. People, yeah. people well, swear by it. I don't though. think it's for us is the other thing. Yeah, like, true. Yeah. True. true. Erson, have you ever watched Sex and the City? I didn't mean it was necessarily for her. Yeah, wow. One. Uh, what's the word? Sexist. Sexist. Wait, I was going to ask In Ryan next. I mean, <laughs> I think I think Brian's seen some of it, maybe. Um, no, and then no? the new one. Yeah. No. Oh no, just in general, just I've there. seen. I think I've seen the movie, and maybe a couple, a handful of episodes. But no, it's um. Because the movie did really yeah, I good. Think it was before my time. Because the there were two movies, good. wasn't there? Yeah, well, there's three of them, and yeah. like the first three, one, of course, maybe? was oh. you know there's a lot of hype for it. Then the second one apparently was so trash. I think this is some one of the things that they're actually fighting about is the way that like there wasn't enough for Kim Cattrall to do in the third one. Something I don't know. Reviews are bad. Yeesh. Mm-hmm. Well, I think because her character, like Samantha, is supposed to be like the like free woman. Like she she has younger men and pool boys all the time, and mm-hmm. she doesn't want to get settled down, and she's just like happy to like do whatever she wants. And I think in the first movie, I think she like settles down with the pool boy. And oh. so maybe that's the trouble in the second one is like, cause that's her character. And for her to be like settled down is boring, but I don't know. Next. Transformers rise of the beast. There's was a featurette that I didn't watch, but it's in theaters June 9th. I kind of feel bad for transformers oh. because it's sandwiched in between spider verse mm-hmm. and flash. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, and the Little Mermaid. Yeah. That's all we'll tell us about. And the Little Mermaid in there, too, yeah. Yeah, it's just a shame. It's, like, a huge blockbuster, but who cares about Transformers? There's just been, I don't know. Is there any hype for Transformers? Is there any excitement, conversation? It's just more Transformers, more of the same thing. Apparently, early reviews, though, are saying that this thing is pretty good. I saw an early review that said the opposite. That roll of your eyes. Like, really? I I tried to watch that Bumblebee because everybody said it was good. Yeah, that one I felt like there was a bit of hype there. There was this like, this is a better story. It's more down to earth. Haley Steinfeld's good. All of that, right? It was like, we know you're sick of these screaming robots, but this one will be a little bit more chill, more enjoyable. It works better as a movie, new director, not Michael Bay, all that. Like, they had a lot going for it. I still didn't get past the first, like, ten minutes. Yeah, I think I had it on the background or something. It was it was fine, but, okay. uh, yeah. But I this, thought it was a better one. Yeah, it was yeah. Be- yeah, I liked, I think John Cena was definitely a standout in that. Well, Haley Steinfeld was really good in it, but uh, John Cena, I loved his his line because he's like this the army guy. And uh, it's like the Decepticons were like tricking the army into like right. working with them. And he's like, why are we working with them? Their name is literally Decepticons. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the only place where these movies uh, have any success is when they have a little bit of fun at their own expense and right. don't take themselves too seriously. Whereas like Michael Bay, holy mackerel, every movie was like earth shattering super serious super dour oh it was god you know what actually i think i did watch this featurette if it's going to be in the show notes there on the uh on the part of the website um there it's a featurette on 
Peter Cullen doing the voice of Optimus Prime, and it's kind of neat. Okay. Yeah, and I, you know, that's another thing these movies have going for them. Still Peter Cullen doing Optimus Prime. Yeah. The second he decides to hang him up for whatever reason, you end these movies. You retire that character forever. He is as connected to Optimus Prime as Harrison Ford is to Indiana Jones. I don't care. Any other Transformers property where they've tried to do Optimus Prime without Peter Cullen sucks. Unwatchable. I think you could cast Chris Pratt. <laughs> I almost thought he was serious for a second there. Why not? Good one, good one. Hate crime. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, next one incoming soon, or the last item incoming soon is Star Wars Ahsoka. There was a new trailer, and we got a release date of August 23rd. Wee! Yeah. We all excited. I'm hyped. The trailer looks so good, and and Paul, you got to see the guy that the other day we did a death tribute to, and you were like, "Who is this man? Oh, yeah. Why are we doing this?" Oh, yeah. Um. So I don't know. What did you guys think? Did it make you more hyped for it? Oh, Art's, I, Art's pained. I, I want to be hyped for it, but that last season of The Mandalorian just. Ah, uh, but you can't. You, we yep. can't be like that, you know. We I can't. Know, I know. We if if the trailer looks good, then then good enough. Yeah. But you, we can't let the last season of anything get us down, you know. True. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's exactly what you mean, though. It's like the last season of anything, nothing. I'm excited for Thrawn. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. It I looks awesome. I keep hearing um, a lot about him. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to see. I feel like. Ooh. By the way. On Disney Plus right now, they're doing the thing that I said that I hope that they would do. And there's a little thing you can scroll through and it's like, get caught up on Ahsoka. Because even though it's the first season of Ahsoka mm-hmm. and it recommends episodes to you from the Clone Wars and oh, yeah. from uh, Rebels and a couple from Mandalorian that 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 she was in. Mm-hmm. So there is like a little watch bar there if you would like to get caught up before Ahsoka. Oh, that's, that's um, but I have cool. a feel. I have a feeling, though, that they're going to be doing some scenes directly from Rebels because there's so many Rebels characters in this show. Um, I feel like they might even like do the last scene from Rebels. And is is Hayden Christensen in this live action thing? Is Hayden Christensen supposed to be in this too? Oh God, I hope not. He is right. I think so. Um, it. Ha- I don't know. I feel like it, he should. Yeah. Hashtag no, not my favorite. Can't be unless no. it's like a flashback. Yeah, wait. Yeah, the oh, this is after uh, this is after Return of the Jedi. Is it? Yes, you're right. The yeah. timeline. Yeah, it doesn't. Oh, fit. I'm so screwed it's up so with the Star the Wars time timeline. In here. Yeah, I'm with. Ugh. I know, and that's why I'm never gonna ca- catch up like this because I don't want to be bogged down by the endless, endless content that there is that they've already kept churning out about this character. I'm happy to join her in her live action. All I need to know is that she showed up in The Mandalorian and she was nice to the baby Yoda and she's on a little adventure and she's got two lightsabers. Wow, can you imagine? I know that she was trained by Anakin. I know that from the cartoons. I don't need to think about it right now. I'm just going to think about what's happening in the show. Okay, but her arc with Darth Maul is like some of the best Star Wars stuff. I'm happy for you to know that, and I'm sure there will be little winks and nods and Easter eggs that only you will get, and I won't have that experience, but guess what I do have an experience of? All those hours of my life. 
Dedicated. That I didn't watch <laughs> those cartoon shows. Not interested. But I'll watch Ahsoka. I'm happy to watch it. Right. <laughs> A lot of those hours were pretty slamming, too. Uh, moving on. Geek news proper. Every hour that you all were watching those. I was getting after it. Okay, next. Okay, well, we got to get serious for this one because the first one is about a death, unfortunately. Sergio Calderon, who you might remember as a a minor character from Pirates of the Caribbean and Mm. Men in Black, he uh, died at the age of 77. I didn't read this article though, so I don't see. I don't. I don't know the cause or anything like that. Do we know who he is in Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> I, say, I think. Oh, sorry. I thought that. I thought that you were the one that sent this, Paul, because I was like, I. This was like the one I was saying last week. I was like, I don't know. Um. Yeah. I don't know. There's a picture of him next to Johnny Depp or something. Oh, so yeah. I don't know. Um. Great death trivia, guys. Wasn't he like one yeah. of the pirate kings or something? Oh, or? he was the yeah, he was uh, pirate oh. lord Captain Eduardo Villanueva of Villano- the Adriatic yeah. Sea. That's right, absolutely. Yeah, I remember that man. I think it was like yeah. also one of the first aliens that you see in Men in Black. Like, okay. Um, oh, he took he's his he's head off the head on the stick. Yes, yeah. yes, that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he also uh, was uh, on the A Team, <laughs> the TV show. The TV show. Yeah. I mean, the guys... The guys I feel like this is a person that Bud, Bud knows. Bud said this along, yeah, I think. Sorry, I think so Bud. Too. Sorry, Bud. Great that tribute. You can do another oh, but tribute But I guess really week. sorry, Sergio Calderon. Been acting since 1970, and, so I'm sure he's got lots and lots of credits under his name. Yeah, anything else his Wikipedia says? <laughs> there is one other death <laughs> we should talk about, actually. What's that? Uh, a legendary heel for wrestling fans. Yes. Oh, yes. The Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik. Yeah. 81. Yeah. Now, was that him really tweeting? Well, he is an unlikely Twitter personality, they say. Uh, right. Yeah. But th- yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he was, that's what I know him best from recently. It was actually him tweeting. It was him tweeting? Yes, it's he him. would be calling everybody a jabroni on Twitter. He, he would- started the jabroni thing. He invented that term? Which I always thought He's it was the, the Rock. He's a jabroni guy? Yeah, I always thought it was the Rock. Yeah. No, he got, the Rock got it the from Ro- him. The Rock got it from him, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Doesn't shock me. Damn it, Rock. Rocky. Anyways, um, yeah, because he used humor, wisdom, and some colorful language to build his very large Twitter following. Right. Yeah, I'm reading this right off of the wire right now. Uh, I love the tweet I saw from him today. Someone retweeted it and was like, this is how I'll always remember him. And the tweet was, uh, all in caps, if you don't like Steely Dan, you can go fuck yourself. I was like, yeah, I love Steely Dan. I'm with you, Iron Cheek. You're a jabroni if you don't like reeling in the ears. <laughs> so yeah, he'll be missed. The next piece of uh, geek news proper is the fact that a cast member from that '70s show, Danny Masterson, uh, he has uh, in fact been convicted on two counts of rape, uh, facing thirty years in prison. Bad man, what a bad man! Do you know Scientology? Yeah. Yeah, speaking of was people all not showing up on their reunion shows, that's why Hyde didn't show up on the exactly weird that. '90s show. Oh God, it's awful. Oh my gosh! Did you guys? Bad. Did you guys Bad. know that Scientology? We need, wait, we need Paul's line in here. 
Yeah, come on, Paul. You know what? It's like that's too bad. It's, to it's even pretty do bad line. that you can't even really do that. Yeah, right? that's that's why I was off saying that's a bad man. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's not even oh, dude, don't do that. It's like yeah, awful. And I mean, I don't know the legality of this, but it's forcible rape. Is that different? Yeah. Because that sounds horrible. Like it's all horrible, but like extra horrible. Yeah, I think it's it's like there's murder and then like. Horrible murder, <laughs> like I don't. Well, know. I think the more direct comparison would be assault and aggravated assault. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, those are actual terms, not and, horrible. And it murder. happened back <laughs> during like murder. bloody murder, murder and bloody murder, murder most foul. It happened back like at the height of his popularity with the that '70s that show right? too. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. Awful. Awful. Why, dude? Why? And Scientology sucks, had a part of it too. I which, like Hyde. Yeah. Well, because Scientology, he was a Scientologist, right? So kind of protected him, shielded from repercussions somehow. I don't know how they have that power. I don't know, but... He was like above all... He felt he was above so many people in the Scientology. I don't know how exactly it works, but it played a part in this, and it was a big part of the trial, apparently, I was reading it, the Scientology. Um, It's aliens. That's how Scientology works. That does factor in, yeah. 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 Anyways, anyway, yeah, bad man. Bad man. He's a bad man. Shame if you want to go watch all the reruns of that '70s show and have to put up with that. Mm. Up next, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson will be returning as Hobbs in the, the new Fast and Furious spinoff, which will bridge the gap between Fast X and Fast X er. Okay, Fast X Part Two. So that's how they're gonna do it then. So it's you got X. And now we got a Hobbs and Shaw sequel. It's not just three well, X movies. Okay. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Because I, I, when I, yeah, in spoiler alert, yes, he does show up uh, in a post credit scene or a mid credit scene of uh, Fast X. Oh my God. <laughs> and this was like, yeah, this was like a Kim Cattrall thing. Like uh, he, he famously. Was he talking to Vin Diesel, Diesel on the phone? No, because well, they hate okay. each other. They're bu- do you want they're, me to describe the scene? Should I do spoiler alert? No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, I want to know what happens. We're already. Yeah, this movie came out three weeks ago. Okay. The, okay. There's other stuff that goes with this too. The whole Jason Momoa versus Vin Diesel stuff. You've been reading about this. Oh, guys? they fighting now too in real yes. life. Yes. Oh, yeah. bother. This is. This should go into. Um, I guess rumors and hearsay, but it also knowing Vin Diesel and the kind of person he is, that sort of all tracks. Yeah, right? it Where does. Basically, Jason Momoa is the only bright spot in the reviews of this film because of his acting, and his, well, and, and Vin Diesel basically called it overacting, and he blamed the uh, the lack of critical success for this film on his overacting. Then, allegedly, relax, allegedly. dude. But then, the same, almost the same week, Dwayne Johnson goes on and says he's made nice with Vin with Vin Diesel, and they're gonna do more movies together. I, it's, I don't know. It's weird timing. I don't know. So the thing, is, the the weird part about it is that, um, yeah, like The Rock or Dwayne Johnson isn't really. He's not at the top of his game right no, now. He not. obviously is not. Like yeah. the, I think Black Adam really kind of killed his career momentum. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, well. Which okay. is why I think he's like, well, I got nothing else to do. Let me go back to the Fast and the Furious franchise. Wow. Right? Where I don't look 
as big of a douche because the head of this franchise is also a pretty big douche. Yeah, true. Um, sure. So yeah, my thinking was that he was going to like because we when we were talking about and I was all we're all complaining about the fact that the Fast and the Furious ten was going to be the final thing, and then they announced Fast and Furious ten is actually going to be a trilogy. You're like, how in the hell is that going to work? Uh, we found out how it worked is that they just basically ended the movie in the middle of the movie and then the like not even a to be continued it's just like they ended it it went to credits yes um when that post credit scene happened the post credit scene was basically um a guy clearly in tactical gear with a team um busting into a place looking like they were going to do some sort of bust or whatever um and there was a phone in the room and on the phone, on speakerphone, is like um, Jason Momoa's character saying that I'm going after you now. And The Rock, or like he, he basically takes off his mask and it's Dwayne Johnson's character, Hobbs. And he says basically into the phone, well, I'm not hard to find, you some bitch. <laughs> and that's kind of how I want Kim Cattrall's cameo to happen. <laughs> <laughs> they just lifted it right for they were like yeah. that's the perfect way to do it that's i just it. want kim control and that sex in the city spinoff to go to say some bitch you know, some bitch not to gender and stereotype but uh in a way it's kind of fitting that sex in the city is for women as fast x is for men is for men i guess right um, so yeah, I thought it was going to be the next movie. Then was going to be like a Hobbs and Shaw spinoff because you do see uh, Jason, the other Jason Straight, Statham, Statham in this. His story doesn't really end. His arc doesn't really end in this. It's just like he goes off to seemingly do something else. So I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. Hobbs has it, this sets up a next story for Hobbs, <laughs> who's going to be fighting the same antagonist. Jason Statham's story is not done, so they must be meeting up and teaming up in mm-hmm. a Hobbs and Shaw sequel, mm-hmm. which will be the bridge to a next s- film, like Fast X Part 2, which will be the wrap-up to the thing, and Love everybody's it. in it, and that's done. Perfect. Okay. Love it. Yep. Love it. And that's how they Avengers it all together. <laughs> it makes sense, and that's fine. It's absolutely fine. I hope, but we'll see because apparently this is not going to be. Apparently, they were clear that this is not going to be a Hobbs and Shaw (laughs) two. So, so we'll see. Important distinction, everybody. Does everyone have that? This is not a sequel. It's more it's more interesting away from the the screen than it is on the screen. Everything that's going on in the backgrounds behind these movies more interesting. But either way, I'm sorry to say. 10 tickets, please. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Don't you mean watch X it. tickets, please? <laughs> uh, okay, we really got to fly through this, the, the last little bit here. Oh, you um, got, we got five minutes before I'm going to call a speed round. Uh, okay, thank you. Do you want to just take over? No. Because then you know how when you have to go. No, 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 it's fine. All right. Hmm. <sighs> Where am I now? Oppenheimer earns an R rating, and apparently, I don't know what article this is from. I don't remember where the link is. Oh, from Variety. Uh, the IMAX film prints are 11 miles long and weigh 600 pounds. That's a wow. Christopher Nolan factoid, isn't it? Love that. Yeah. It, there was like a little featurette of him like standing next to the IMAX reel and being like, look at my 
big movies. <laughs> my big reel. <laughs> my, my big firm reel. Yeah, compare sizes, <laughs> reel sizes. He <laughs> was, he was. Watch the featurette that's in the show notes, and it, it, yeah. it really is that. Him and Scorsese just whipping yeah, them you're out. You're gonna get Christopher Nolan. <laughs> Talking about how sound is supposed to be in theaters, yet he's talking all quiet himself, and it should be very loud and very booming, and all the sound should be coming from mm-hmm. everywhere. And the reels are 600 pounds. Yeah, he's a soft pounds. speaker. He's a soft, he's a spo- soft-spoken guy. He's very British, mm-hmm. but you don't quite hear it because he's so soft-spoken. Too soft to hear the accent? Yeah, that's that's, that's my take with wow. Chris. Chris. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, stoked on the stoked on the movie. It got an R rating. Oh, you know why I heard that is? Why? Uh, uh, why? Cillian Murphy naked the whole movie, just naked, full frontal, flopping around, flippity flappity, bends over a lot, na- fully nude the whole movie long. Hard R. Oh my R. R. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure there's like a few swears in it. And I mean, Kirsten made the good point. That, yeah. What? No, go ahead. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Go ahead. Kirsten? I just made the good point. Like, I know it's a, a film about like the mass genocide of a bunch of people, but like, it's still weird that it's an R rating. Like, lots of movies have that. I don't know. Was Schindler's List R? Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? It's pretty R. <laughs> firm R. <laughs> yeah. It was a firm R? Okay. It was a firm R if I've ever seen know. one. Oh, my God. It's been a while since I've seen that one. Okay, so mass genocide equals R rating. Got it. I mean, it's like, it's moving, so what? He ate a bunch of women or uh, wore their skin as a costume. Oh, Silence of the Lambs. Was that an R? I feel like it was. Was it? Of course it was. I feel like it was. <laughs> they don't show him doing that. They show him wearing the skin, but I don't know. I don't know. I These ratings like, don't make sense. I don't imagine. Do you, I, I can't imagine Oppenheimer having like violent as violent a killing scenes as Schindler's List. Like obviously, people are going to be annihilated by a giant bomb. Yeah, but, but you're not going to see the flesh flying off their bones like it's friggin' Terminator well, you might. Two. Maybe, I guess maybe. Maybe you do. Maybe we will. Maybe you do. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because like maybe he wants to show how horrible like a nuke is. Like you know, it's not. It's not like oh, we dropped it. A hundred thousand people died. It's like yeah, horrible. Maybe it'll be in slow motion. Ooh. Yeah, why? Well, yeah, that's true because you, you know it's. I don't think the whole point is to glorify the making of this bomb. I think it's. Oh no, it's, I don't think it is at all. Like no, Oppenheimer yeah. regretted it for the rest of his life, right? So I think it's not going to be glorifying it at all. So, so I think it's there's going to be a lot of like tension build up to yeah maybe that scene of like you'll get to see horrifying scenes. Oh god, I didn't even think about. Bomb. Yeah, it doesn't Twice. doesn't I, they don't often go there in these like historical dramas, but no, I you know, and even if it's not that, there's a million other ways this thing could have earned a hard R. So I I just Ooh. yeah, it's Sorry, my mind one. is like going to all of the horrible things oh, that know. could I be shown. Oh mm-hmm. no, oh no, mm-hmm. I was excited about this movie and now I'm nervous. Well, there you go. It's long too, though, guys. So maybe it's just a couple of swears. That's all. You can only get like two or three swears. <laughs> Before you get an R, so might be the sparse. The fucking bomb. Uh, <laughs> Mark Hamill's Sky walks away from Star Wars. He says they don't need Luke anymore. What are what do you guys think? Everybody has their price. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I think oh, so. you think he'll be back? Yeah. Uh, they just backed the dump truck of money up to his house? Yeah, come on. Come I feel like Mark Hamill doesn't need your the face. dump truck of money, though. Like, I, I see what you're saying, Art, but I don't think he needs it. And I honestly think he is, he feels burned by what happened in that trilogy. Just like John Boyega, like, except without the racism. Um, mm. And I don't know if he'll come back. Like, I think he feels, he, he felt really attached to the character of Luke and he doesn't like what happened. And he's like, I don't need to come back. Yeah, I feel like he got his That's redemption. It. Like, he, yeah, you're right. He probably didn't love the sequel trilogy and what would happen there. And then he came back and kind of got to have a, a hero moment with the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And then they overdid that, you know, brought him back again and had that whole training montage with yeah, the baby. Yeah, that was and unnecessary. It's, yeah. it's unnecessary. It's gratuitous at that point. And so I feel like he kind of sees that and is just like, that that's enough. That's enough for yeah. now, anyways, for sure. So um, we've Luke Skywalkered all there is to do. And honestly, it's like the more you do, the the like the more watered down it gets. Recast. Get Luke I mean, back so out there. Here's the theory: Sebastian's is that there. like because yeah, in this sense, especially since in the Mandalorian, you know, they're going back to revisit young Luke Skywalker, and they use the guy that was basically a stand-in for for Luke, who looks pretty much exactly like Luke. If you look at the behind the scenes footage, it's him with dots on his face because then they CGI over, you know, uh, Luke's act or uh, Mark Hamill's actual face. Mm -hmm. But uh, this guy looks like Luke Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Also, Sebastian Stan looks like Luke Skywalker. Could this just be studios not wanting to recast somebody who's gonna be able to capture the hearts and minds of fans and then all of a sudden it's like well this this worked so now you got to pay me this amount of money for the next movie or next show could be i just think that just be them like saving money well i just think you know whether it's in his statement or not but just we've we can move on we don't need luke anymore really luke did and accomplished everything for in the world of the universe of the story, as well as for the franchise, you know, Luke was a catalyst jumping off point. He was, you know, he was the spark that um, started started the whole thing, this whole phenomenon and the franchise and everything. But now we have other characters to follow. If you just like seeing someone whipping laser swords around, well, yes. guess what? We yes, got a I whole we got a, we got a whole season of Ahsoka for you. Ahsoka, very beloved at this point. Another sure. generation moving on. We have other stories to tell. You know, it's the same thing with Boba Fett and the Mandalorian. Do we need to have a Boba Fett? Oh, show okay. no because we right. have the mandalorian we have a guy in that same helmet so <laughs> you know it's like yeah we don't need any one character at all at this point even luke skywalker all right i think i'm gonna call it a speed round there speed round the review of hbo's the idol premiere oh the review says the idol premiere provides no reason to continue watching this is the one with the weekend yeah you know what i can give it a little quick review later on as well too i also watched it. oh did you okay let's talk about it later next okay r&r next early reviews of the flash uh some of them or one of them says the flash is the best dceu superhero movie yet but can't outrun ezra miller the uh, other review says the uh, um, Batman, Supergirl, yeah, Batman and Supergirl enrich the personal story. 
Well, great. I'm gonna watch it, I suppose. Uh, and that seems interesting to me. I don't. I'm like. I know we talk about Ezra Miller every other week on this podcast, but it's not like I'm gonna be sitting there being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe how bad of a person Ezra Miller is." That's so distracting from this superhero movie. I'm just gonna be clapping, eating my popcorn, watching the Batman next. Apple bought the AR company behind the tech in Nintendo's Mario Kart ride. Is this uh, with regards to what we were talking about? Yeah. Sounds yeah. Like it. So they. So it's weird. Apple is not even proprietary. They just saw that somebody went on that weird <laughs> ride at Universal Studios and was like, "We're gonna buy this." I heard the line is really long for that Mario Kart ride. Anyways, next. Too bad Apple didn't keep the Mario hat. <laughs> It'll be a skin. <laughs> Captain America 4 has a title change. Apparently, it's now, instead of New World Order, it's called Brave New World, as uh, posted by, was that uh, Sam? Oh, Sam. Uh, Anthony Mackie. uh, Anthony Mackie. He posted that set photo. Set photo. And then I posted it. He tricked me into posting a set photo. How dare you? Yeah, but this one's not with, like, a long camera lens from above a wall. True. True. (laughs) It's a great photo of him and, you know, a legend in Harrison Ford. So I understand why he wanted to post that. New World Order is way too, uh, 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 um, uh, it's, uh, it's got uh, too much behind it. That phrase is get too much baggage. Brave New World, nicer, better title next. Mm. Disagree. Disagree. I think Brave New World has way more baggage to it. But anyway. Oh, interesting. Okay, next. Okay, Tom Holland reveals that he's taking a year off from acting after a tough time making his new series for uh, Apple TV+. Plus. Good for him. Good for him. He was also the producer on that uh, film. And so not only was his role very, I guess, dark and troubling, like he had to go to some pretty dark places, um, but uh, he, being the producer, he also didn't have to deal with the troubles on set. Every single issue, he was the person to mm-hmm. deal with it and resolve it. So obviously, he thinks he needs a year-long vacation, which he, he's Tom Holland. He can do that. Yeah, absolutely. I saw a great tweet today that said, if you woke up as Spider-Man, what was the first thing you would do? And the answer was Zendaya. Next! Oh! <laughs> Chris Hemsworth thinks Thor 4 was too silly and he wants to do some other stuff for a while. I think, uh, I guess oh. maybe he was, he was asked about this in an interview. And yeah, he was asked, what do you think about, like, you know, the critiques from Scorsese? And he's like, oh, that's, it was really a bummer. That's very depressing to hear. Um, I guess rewatching Thor 4, he's like, ah, uh, yeah, I can see how we probably just, we didn't take this seriously enough. And he was saying something about when when you're in the moment, uh, or yeah, you're in the midst of filming, you don't really, it's hard to look outside the box and and be like, Mm. okay, well, maybe we should dial this back a bit. I could see that for sure. I think when you're just there and Taika's there and it feels probably very similar to when they were making uh, Ragnarok and that was such a huge success and landed on so many different ways and the tone was perfect. Why wouldn't you think that was just going to land in the same way again? But Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, and maybe it's just too much of a good thing, but it just simply did not work. Yeah. As well, yeah. as well. So I could see that, and then and then yeah, that is a bummer too. Hearing heroes like Scorsese and Tarantino talk about you know the the fair criticisms of the MCU and its impact on movie making in general, uh, that probably would be a bummer for uh, someone like Hemsworth who likes making good. He movies. He shouldn't take that personally, though. No, of course not. Yeah. 
I don't think. But it's also not the end of the world if he just takes a bunch of time off from making Thor. The thing about this and these two stories back to back is now you got your two of your biggest remaining stars, Spider-Man and Thor, trying to take some time off. It doesn't leave the MCU with a lot of heavy hitters anymore, does I it? I got a criticism for Scorsese, though. Oh, okay, here we go. Why does he have to cast the same people in every fucking movie he does? Well, everyone, everyone good does, everyone that, does though. that, though. I know. I, I don't know. It's almost as redundant as a Marvel movie. Come on. Cast someone new other than Leo and Robert De Niro in your movies. I know, but Tarantino's the exact same way, and so is Christopher Nolan. Well, I think it's a fair criticism, though, of those guys. Anybody else agree with me? I was Indy, I think. Indy agrees. Thank you. Speed round, speed round, speed round. Speed round. Come here, Speed round your baby. Bring him in. Quick hi, hello, bye. Uh, last thing before Indy comes, or maybe Indy's going to be here. Jenna Ortega says Wednesday season two will lean hey, into um, horror a little bit more and hi, it's romantic love interest. Hi, hi Indy. Hi, Indy. Hi. They say hi. He can't hear you guys, so he's like, well, why are these people? Oh, we'll just wave then. We'll just wave then. Okay. Okay. Anything, anything oh. else before you go to bed? Take apart the microphone. Hi, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Okay, good night. Good night. Hello. <laughs> okay, Hello. Night, cool bye. guy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Nana. What? Okay. Okay. Sorry. Then it take it. Sorry. Sorry. Child That's okay. Uh, did anybody watch season one? I, I saw, you know, bits bits and pieces of it. Uh, Aiden and Elisa watched it, and they, they really liked it. Yeah, rave reviews. Um, yeah, I heard good things. Yeah. I mean, um, I hope she still dances, because that seems to be the thing that really permeated culture was that she was <laughs> dancing. But, I mean... Yeah, that, that's an interesting uh, departure. That's an interesting lesson to, to, to take from this. We loved when she danced. All right? More horror then. <laughs> uh, so who knows? I don't know. I don't know if that makes me more or less inclined to watch this thing. Okay. Well, Paul's got to firm out fairly soon, so we're <laughs> going to start with reviews and recommendations, starting with uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and my 91-second movie review. Yes! Oh, yeah, good. And, and uh, such. And is, uh, Did you see the movie? No, oh. I know I didn't see No, you know what? I didn't see this movie. Why not? You did? Why didn't you see it? Because I was watching The Little Mermaid instead. I heard it's so good. I heard it's the best Spider-Man there ever was. And now, let's all listen good it is. Five, four, three, two, and... Action! Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is the first of a two-part sequel to 2018's Into the Spider-Verse, chronicling the story of Miles Morales. While I'm always hesitant to overhype a film and potentially get your expectations out of whack, Across the Spider-Verse is quite a must-see. While it seems like it would be an impossible task to top the first film in terms of both story creativity and animation ingenuity, the sequel definitely levels up. The blend of different animation styles is once again brilliant. The sequel adds in elements of watercolor and acrylic paint, also using half tones, blends of 2D and 3D, animated elements at different frame rates, and so much more. It's difficult to take in all these different styles at once, but that's not a negative and was in no way a distraction from the film's story. In fact, it very much makes me want to watch the film again, probably paying for another ticket to watch it on the big screen so that I can pick up on things I missed the first time around. And the main reason I didn't find the artwork distracting is because it was very much used to reinforce a scene's emotional impact. The complexity of the story is incredibly impressive in that 
that the narrative is layered with these overlapping arcs, but because these arcs complement each other, the film was never difficult nor was it ever a chore to follow. And the pacing was spot on, with full tilt action scenes followed by emotional, tension building dialogue during the quieter scenes. I actually completely lost track of time during the film and halfway through completely forgot that the story was a two-parter. The third film, Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse, is expected to be released in March of next year, which is enough time for me to get in about a dozen or so rewatches of the first two. Cut! That's a wrap! Wow, that is some high glowing praise there, Brian. So, and now, oh, at sorry. what point did we know this going in? I didn't know this, and this was I a knew stunner it, to me. And I forgot. This, yeah, okay, this was a stunner to me watching this movie last night in the theater and realizing at the very end it is part one of two parts. Were you oh, blind about it, or were you... There was an audible gasp in the theater. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, so that's the thing, is that I forgot, and that, so at the end, I did a, oh, yeah. Aiden remembered, so he wasn't surprised. Kean was pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Aww. He was, it ruined his whole fucking day. <laughs> and we watched a matinee. <laughs> Oh, no. So he got he got back in like he he admitted to like this was a really good movie. He's just mad that there was no resolution at the end. Yeah, I kind of want to want you guys to watch it, and we can all talk about it as a group because it like this movie deserves that. I think. yeah, really, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it definitely deserves some spoiler discussion for sure. Uh, we like. I mean, we could say right now, like, what are your thoughts or your overall thoughts? Are you heard mine? I, I, I just thought that it did everything that a sequel should do. Uh, you know, like the Dark Knight did to Batman Begins, like Captain America Winter yes. Soldier did to Captain America. Wow. It, it added and enriched the story that had already been set up for you. And like you said in your review there, Brian, what a hard thing to do. That first movie yeah. was like a great Hollywood story in itself because it was like, you know, it, it nobody really saw it at first, but then it, it, then it became a front runner for the Oscar because it through word of mouth and it started doing really well. And then this movie came out. And it was, you know, only maybe $10 million more in the budget than the last movie. And it exceeded everything the first movie did. And it was part one of two parts and it didn't well at least it didn't piss me off piss me off as much as it pissed off <laughs> kian obviously you i didn't feel cheated at the end of this because i think that's no, what a lot yeah. of people might feel when you see part one of a two-part story because it's not a full story yet so. well because it's the thing too is that this is the second film that i've seen in the last couple of weeks that basically just ends this one at least says to be continued. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it basically just ends and the story doesn't resolve itself. But this one, unlike Fast X, the ending and the, the sort of cliffhanger feels very earned. Yes, it does. You know, the, the two hours and 20 minutes of story that we got through Ooh. to get to that moment felt like, holy shit, yeah, I, I could watch another three hours of this movie. And that's wow. basically what we're going to get. By getting this part two, right? It doesn't just resolve itself in the last 15 minutes. Like I, I originally thought because I forgot it was like a two-parter. I thought it was going to have like a 15-minute resolution and that it would have been wrapped up. No, it does. It definitely deserves another movie. 
Yes, and um, and we talked. We all talked about how great the animation was in the first movie. That you're right. They leveled it up. Some of these like skyscraper scenes are just so enriched in the animation, like we've never seen before. And mm. it's yeah, absolutely incredible. And I was I was enthralled not only in the visuals but also, of course, the story. Right from the beginning, I was into it, and um, it does do a thing where it kind of gives you some exposition about you know what happened before, and that usually makes me roll my eyes. But it did it in a way that kept me going throughout this whole story, throughout you know uh, all the different iterations of Spider-Man. And not to spoil anything, but there are more surprises when it comes to Spider-Man. It's a smorgasbord of yeah, Spider-Man. For sure. Um, and then I think the other thing, too, about the animation is that it makes me hopeful for the future of animation in general. Mm. Like, I think this is really going to put Pixar uh, on. It's, it's going to put them on notice. Like, you guys got to be at the top of your fucking game because um, it, it, it allows studios to take more chances with their animation style. So you don't just get that same Pixar kind of illuminations style of animation that we've been getting for the past however many movie like years of movies. Yeah. Uh this allows them to be creative. Like that was the same thing that I I remember saying to um Elisa when we watched the new Puss in Boots movie. Cuz the new Puss in Boots movie is not animated like like Shrek. It's almost animated closer to into the Spider-Verse. Where it's it's a lot more stylistic, and I think you know you should be able to have the freedom to do that because it like like this movie it adds it adds to the story and it adds to the the depth and the emotion. Yeah, uh, and Oscar Isaac is great. Of course, he's always great, but he he plays the character. I guess uh, what, what's it? Spider Man Nine something something Miguel Twenty Ninety Nine yeah, Miguel Herrera. Yeah, and he's yeah he's a force in this movie. But uh, standouts, of course, uh, Haley Steinfeld is, yeah. and could be argued she's she's almost the lead character in this movie, which is yeah. kind of surprising. But uh, what I loved about it is it gave you it gave you all the reasons why um, Spider Man is a hero, and it's not just because of you know his race or his you know the powers that he has it's the values that he has and again to do that in another creative way is it, to me it, it blew me away absolutely blew mm-hmm. me away so yeah loved it um yeah we'll probably get into like a bit of a spoiler discussion uh about this when you guys watch because yeah we, we would definitely want to revisit this when you guys watch it and I'm sure, like, after you guys watch it, when that credits are rolling, you're probably going to text us and be like, yeah, we got to talk about this movie. Really? Okay. So yeah, hopefully crazy. hopefully next week. Like, I feel like Bud would have seen it this week yeah. on his holiday. So hopefully next week we're going to talk about and if it. And if I have time, I, I feel like I might go see this again. Wow. Yeah, and, I, and I haven't done that for a movie in a very, very long time. So I think Endgame might have been the last movie I saw twice. Wow. I mean, definitely yeah. before it leaves theaters, I want to see it on a big screen one more time. Yeah. Okay. Um. The only thing I will say, actually, there's a, a bit of a prologue, like a, the beginning part of the movie, the first maybe five minutes. Mm. Uh, and I, I think I saw articles about this as well, is that some theaters, like they really needed to dial in their settings with their surround sound because it almost sounded like a Christopher Nolan movie. I don't know if that's the same <laughs> oh, for you, Art. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Like where it's just like all of a sudden the 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 sound effects and the music were a little bit drowning out. Right. the uh, the voiceover 
Yeah. And I found that wow. in my screening and I was watching it in an IMAX. Oh, interesting. Hmm. No, I was at the I was at the Odeon and no, it, uh, it didn't. Um, also note also the the soundtrack is it's it's as good as the first soundtrack. So good. Wow. I have it on repeat right now. Oh my god. Shout, shout out to Sony artists. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, all right. All right. I can't wait to see it. Okay, next up, the uh, reason. Yeah, why didn't you go see it? Yeah. <laughs> Paul, tell us about The Little Mermaid. Yeah. I chose, I chose, I was more interested to see The Little Mermaid remake. I don't know, but I, that was my choice. Choices were made. I saw The Little Mermaid. I just thought it would be more interesting to talk about, actually. I, I thought, and, oh. and well, yeah, I kind of was more interested to see what was done with this remake. Um, maybe that was a mistake. I'm You're not like, concerned. I already saw a black Spider-Man. I want to see a black Ariel now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, gosh, I don't know, you guys. I would say that Halle Bailey was a big highlight of this movie. Nice. Um, I hope it's not too spoilery to say that the movie is essentially a shot-for-shot remake of the original. Really? Yeah. Right. That's all of them have been. That's been that's been like I feel like everybody's main complaint. Like, why are you just doing shot for shot? Like, what is this? Aladdin was Peter Pan one. Aladdin was Peter Pan one was different. Yeah, and Aladdin was one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Aladdin was almost shot for shot, but there was like a couple things they changed. Like the end, there was no big snake, which Caleb was very mad about. Oh, I hated Um, that there was no. The Lion King was like basically shot for shot again. A couple different things, but that was dumb because it was like they're CGI lions. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Paul. Yeah, so this one really like beats, like certain beats and jokes even. It was just like really felt like it was just like a, a new overlay of the exact same movie, except for that. And I think it's the same thing with these these Lion movie. The Aladdin was the same way. It's just like everything because it live action doesn't have that punchy, quick uh, feel to it. That even when you're trying mm-hmm. to do beat for beat and shot for shot, everything feels like it's a half step slower. It's and it and it is less, way less enjoyable. And <clears throat> everything kind of felt like that. It just felt slow and sloggy. And so, uh, add to the fact that they added new scenes, like a couple of scenes that just did not need to be there. Like Prince Eric gets a song, absolutely unnecessary, mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of other like new things. That just didn't that, that felt tacked on and bad and weird, and just the slower pace and feel of the song of this uh, movie. It just felt like kind of a bit of a slog where the where the original animated classic is just with the exact same scenes and tones and beats is just punchier and flies by. It probably I would guess right around ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's a shorter one, isn't it? Yeah, it's around there. Yeah, yeah. I would guess. And this one was like over. I think two it's hours. an hour and twenty three minutes. I've been watching it a lot recently. Is that right? Because uh, mm-hmm. in, Indie Love. It. It's very short. Um, yeah, it's under ninety minutes. But yeah, wow. uh, how dare they add extra time? It was like you said. It's like it's it moves along at just the right pace. Like yeah. there's no need to make it longer. Yeah. And what's yeah. hard too is that 
I I sat there and I was kind of like, um, like okay, so far this is probably the better of the uh, uh, you know the live best action. of the live action oh. remakes here. It's very beautiful visually. It was quite stunning to watch, but and I, and I was then I started to get a little bit itchy and bored of it. And then I was like, okay, but you know what? The soundtrack, Little Mermaid's got one of the best, most fun soundtracks. Every song is an absolute slap banger. But the performances are never as good. David mm. Diggs is not as good uh, singing the uh, Under the Sea, I'm sorry to say. Haley Bailey is really, really great, but she doesn't have the same pipes as Jody Benson. And Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, she was good, but just there were some moments where it's like, hmm, not as powerful. You just... Oh, I, I thought... Because it's funny because that was the only part of the trailer when she's singing Part of Your World in the right. trailer. That mm-hmm. hooked me. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and it's good, but God, I, that original vocal performance is just—it's yeah, yeah. really something special. And she does a very, very good job of it. Don't get me wrong; she's very good. But there are just some moments where you're like, that voice is not the same. And you know, especially for a movie that—and uh, they call it out. Like they never said this in the original Little Mermaid, but in this one, they really spoon feed it to you. It's important that. A plot point is her voice because of the siren song. That's like the classic thing about mermaids, right? Is they lure sailors to their de- death by singing. Um, so the song and the singing is very important to mermaids. But yeah, it's like, oh, you can tell why it was so important in the original. And then Ursula, who boy. So Melissa McCarthy shows up, and at first she's just straight up doing an impression. Okay. She's doing the best impression as she can of the cartoon, and it does. Mm. The longer it's on the screen, the more important it becomes and the less impressive it is. And uh, never mind, like, the singing is nowhere near there. I mean, come on. That original um, uh, singer who did the Ursula voice was just so good. And there's just this, like, raunchy sexuality to the original Ursula in the cartoon. And Melissa McCarthy is not pulling that off by a long shot. Ah, uh, yeah. So, um, and I think Kirsten made the point too that the Prince Eric isn't handsome enough. No, he's not handsome enough. He's not handsome enough. Who is it? Not. Thank you. I'm so glad you agree. Who knows? I don't know. I think he's a, a rando. Some friggin' dude. But like, yeah, some dude. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they should have cast a person that played Jafar because wasn't he too sexy? For Jafar? yeah, sexy Jafar. <laughs> sexy Jafar. Forgot about sexy Jafar. And and <laughs> Prince Eric is in this movie a lot. Like it really no. it really is a lot about him, too. You know, I mean like the whole the whole part of the movie where she can't talk. Yeah. He's gotta carry those scenes. Right. You know, she's doing the best she can with her, her facial, you know, reactions and everything. She's great to still watch, but Eric is kind of carrying it. So it's like So oh. what can Moana learn from this? Is the question. <laughs> yeah, great question. I right? wish I wish I had a solid answer for this, but pacing, timing, um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I still I guess have hopes for Moana. I'll still go and see it, but or maybe the answer is that's enough, Disney. Please <laughs> stop with this. Um so I don't know. They're I would- not gonna stop. It's so annoying. Like who likes the like I have not heard anyone that's been like, this was so much better than the original. And there's so many of these now. Like, is it just for 
what is it the copyright or, or is it just to renew that is that the, the i would imagine reason? that's it i would imagine it's just to renew the cut because they can't just re-release the old properties in theaters again and that'll satisfy the copyright i mm-hmm. think they have to make mm-hmm. new films every so however many years yeah <sighs> these movies also God. just like again they feel low budget it's it's a weird yeah. thing, yeah. Really? Yeah, they do. I mean, like um, comparing some of the you know at sea adventure on the on the ship, right, in the big sailing ship scenes, compared to um, any of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah, uh, Pirates blows it out of the water in terms of production value. I know that's wow. Gore Verbinski, you know, big director and everything, who invested yeah. a lot of time and money and innovation into making those movies look as good as they did. You know, from the start. Uh, None of that's present. I felt the same way about Aladdin too. It's all just going on a green screen. You Aladdin know? felt small for yeah. what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, and and so I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it's it's tough. I wanted to like it. Obviously, I made the choice to go and see it over Spider Verse last night. You chose poorly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's. A but I agree with you about like because yeah, I I think my favorite thing about the original Little Mermaid, I think that was one of the first Disney animated films that I really gravitated towards. Yeah. the songs. Like, yeah, the songs were uh, amazing in that first film. It's funny. So speaking of Kean. And him getting pissed off about Spider Verse. I remember what <laughs> what day this was. This was sometime last week. I was driving them home from school, and I was singing the Little Mermaid to them. Uh, Which song? As a, and so I did this. Uh, I was singing "Part of Your World," and I was like, uh-huh. "Wouldn't you think I'm the girl, the girl who has everything?" And then Kian, out of nowhere, goes, "Except legs." <laughs> I was like, "That's my boy." <laughs> I don't know where he got that, but that was very quick, That's and I was very, very proud. Yeah, Aww. love it. That's great. Also, one last thing I'll say: uh, Javier Bardem plays um, Triton, King Triton, and he's got a big shirt on, like a big mermaid shirt. What? Not, not my Triton. Huh? Mermaids don't. Mermaids don't wear shirts. I know. Maybe they thought he'd be too sexy. They were like, our Eric is not sexy enough. we got to tone down Javier Bardem. No, that's more like Javier Bardem being like, I don't got to work out for this, do I? <laughs> yeah. Because right now I feel soft. <laughs> yeah. It kind of was that. I kind of feel it was that. It was like, like not a shirt, but it was like mermaid armor or something, you know? And I was like. Take your shirt off, dude. Come on. Mermaids. That was the, that's the idyllic society almost of the mermaid. When you watch the cartoon, it's like everyone's just floating around. So, you know, it's like a day at the beach all the time. Everyone's just got their shirt off. Mermaids all got their shirt off. Or mermen, you know, it's topless. The mermaids just wearing their little shell bras and that's it. With this, it was like it's, I don't know, part of their body is that they're they're covered in that way. It's scales or something. And then mm. he's going to wear this big thing. And it like, I think it legitimately, and it's the same with, with Melissa McCarthy too. Like her, her Ursula costume wasn't all like shoulderless and armless and you know what I mean? Just busting out of it. Like the original, she was, it was a lot of, it was sleeves and mm. high collar and everything. And it's just like, I think mm. it stunts her performance. You don't feel free to like move and feel sexy. It's just with this, with heavy costume on. I don't know. It, maybe that's a weird thing to focus on, but I, I think all the performances did feel a little stunted in that way physically. And I have a feeling that, you know, kind of added to it because they just weren't too many clothes. So wearing shirts. Distracting. <laughs> Just gonna, All takeaway. 
the pod image for this, the thumbnail image for this pod should be a picture of Javier Bardem as a merman. And he's just got like a Disney shirt on. Not firm. Perfect. Great. Because I have to make Perfect. this. So thank you, you for the idea. That's what it will be. That's Not good. firm. Kirsten. Not firm. <laughs> uh, anything else for the pod before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, well, it's my firm out. It's not hard. I guess it's only firm. So let's, we want to talk a little idol. Sure. Oh, the yeah, idol. Right. They're dropping an episode a week on this one. Yeah. Which is, I think, a mistake. <laughs> Before well, you guys get into it, can I just say really quick, I have never heard of this show. Mm-hmm. It's on HBO, mm-hmm. apparently. And all I heard about it was after the fact that apparently it's just like they've been trying to release this for years or something. And there's been so many issues with it. And and now here it is. And you guys are going to review it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, what I think is going on here is that we're so hooked on that prestige HBO high quality drama and there's nothing going on between succession and what's next what's next Uh, the next season of the white lotus (laughs) yeah maybe the new game house of the dragon oh the the white house plumbers I should probably probably look into that yeah that'll be good is that out now that is out now and I probably should have watched that instead of this I should have watched yeah me too me too uh but it was Sunday night, and I needed that little HBO action, and is from the makers of Euphoria, and it's right. an A24 show, yeah. and it's about the music industry, and that all should line up to a slam dunk for me. Yeah. I, I went in with zero expectations. And? Because everybody said it sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, this kind of sucks. Yeah. But I kept watching. Yeah. Um, I thought some <laughs> of the references were pretty hitch in the head too much, like mm. the Sharon Tate, the Britney Spears, the uh, who, um, what's the, what's the blonde before Britney? Um, I don't know, Christina Aguilera maybe. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, Anyways, that stuff was too hit you in the head. And then it was, and then it's the weekend? That's yeah. the weekend. Yes, yes. With the rat tail. Yeah, I don't like his character. And no. I don't I don't like how she got involved with the character. It, it felt way too quick. Mm-hmm. So in parts of, this sh- parts of this first episode, which was over an hour long, uh, the pacing was an issue. Mm-hmm. And I thought the story, the pacing of the story was an issue too. Of because this guy is like introduced and he's like a wild card uh, in the story. Dan Levy is in it, and you're like, oh, it's great, it's Dan Levy. Yeah. But then he's just kind of wasted and sitting there. Yeah. Right? But it's only one episode, so I don't know how you can go ahead and say the show's going to blow. I think it's going to get worse. You think it's going to get worse? Yeah. So we should set it up. Like The premise of the show is there's this pop starlet who you know is like the hugest star in the world and then has like a psychotic break and has to take a break from music and then now is trying to like launch a comeback. Right. And she's like very sexualized and all of the marketing and everything and that's big deal uh, and she's got obviously like a team of people around her uh, including um, Hank Azaria is in there as her manager and he bothered me in this first episode yeah, he's, a little sle- he's kind of just doing a, like an accenty voice like you would be on the Simpsons I know but it just didn't work no it didn't it, it didn't, didn't work and yeah there are other people there and then yeah Dan Levy does show up and it's just like okay great 
But pretty quickly, that all just goes aside because the weekends like helped create this show. Did he? Yeah, and you can tell that like he just wanted to be in it a lot and be this like charismatic cult leader character. Like yeah. that's that's eventually where this is gonna go. Okay. I read like that it okay. goes into like cult territory, and it's just like yeah, that's yucky. I don't I don't want to. Like that's where we're gonna watch this. Like I don't young, think we need this. You know, like vulnerable <laughs> pop starlet, and watch her be taken advantage of by some exploitative, somewhat charismatic. But like he's not charismatic to watch on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen we've seen the meltdown with Britney Spears. Like I don't think we need to see this. Exactly. I think yeah. that's maybe the biggest issue with it so far for me. I think I'm going to keep watching it, though. Gratuitous nudity, too, in oh, that first yeah, episode. Yeah. It's just like, okay, it's HBO. You got to show some, yeah, and this, but this was like, I don't know if you needed to do that. Like, let us, you know, let us want it more. So, Kirsten, stick with succession. Yes. Uh, plow okay. through on that. <laughs> And uh, no real reason to jump onto the idol. I don't think we should talk about it again until the season's over. How about that? Yeah. Okay, great. I'll probably keep watching it, but. You're going to keep watching it. Okay. After that review. Wow. (laughs) Again, I'm hooked on the HBO. I'm so hooked. Like, I'd rather watch that and just put it on one episode at a time, week by week, than really anything else that's on TV these days. That's kind of my One thing you could watch instead on HBO. Yeah. I watched Love and Death, and I finished it. And it was a very interesting true story. It's the true story about a uh, heinous crime that happens in a small Texas uh, town, Christian town, very Christian town. And it stars Elizabeth Olsen and Jesse Plemons. And they have an affair and it leads to a death mm. and there's different iterations of this that are on right now it's, there's another one called Candy which stars Jessica Biel which I haven't watched and they're both very good apparently because mm. uh, I didn't watch the Candy but I watched this one and it is good so I recommend it it's seven episodes long about an hour each episode and Elizabeth Olsen is one of the Best actors right now going, wow. and she shows it. She shows it again here. Okay, yeah. So. All right. Well, that's a wrap. <laughs> that, yeah, that was, so I was just waiting to see. Is like, is that is that it? Anyone else? Find Kevin Shadow. Where can we find you on the internet? <laughs> there we go. Uh, the Zone.fm slash DJ Boy Tattle. Where can we find you, Art? At Art Aronson. Kirsten James. Kirsten Dot James. And Paul Blasino. And I'm Paul Blasino. We won't find you at the Pacific Buffet on the BC Ferris. <laughs> yeah, no, you oh. sure won't. Oh, too soon, Art. You may have never had it, but I love that buffet, okay? Li- you would have loved it too. Eggs and dumplings living in harmony. It was the best. Never, never mm. got to it. Now it's too late. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 243 of The Zone's Geek Out podcast. Zip it up and zip it the fuck out. Who's <laughs> R-rated podcast now? The Geek Out Podcast is a production of The Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcast or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.